Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we uh, hang out and we listen to great video game music of the past, the present, all consoles, all generations, just great music, no restrictions. Well, there's some restrictions. I mean, no, no swearing, you know, right. no, no polka. No handstands during the show. Wait, no, 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 no. We had a rule. You put Two the, handstands per week. But you got to put the juice box away. All right. All right. That's that. good. <laughs> um, so we try to uh, um, just find new topics. We find, try to find new people to talk to about these topics. So this week, we have a special guest. We have members of the video game rock cover band, Master Sword. <laughs> Hello. We have Matt and Lily from Master Sword. How are you? What's up, guys? Hey. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us what you uh, what your roles in the band are and um, what you guys do? Yeah, you go first. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm Lily. I'm the lead singer of Master Sword, and I write the majority of the lyrics at this point and boss Matt around on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. I do a lot of the music, uh, and I play rhythm guitar and keyboard. Awesome. So you're like you're like the guy on the stage that has like the guitar and the keyboard in front of him, and everyone's yeah. like waiting for you because. to like drop it all. <laughs> yeah, I can't decide which I like more, so I just play both. Now I was about to say that's the way to be. You gotta have a versatile guy in the band, and also the better, the longer you play in the band with those two instruments, the core you can look when you come on as you come up with new ways to carry both the guitar and the keyboard at the same time. Right. Yeah, I'm looking to uh, get a double neck guitar with keyboard on it. That'd be <gasps> the ultimate. <laughs> Well, that would be slick. Do they make those? No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I think if there are more video game uh, cover bands, I think you might start seeing that. <laughs> All you gotta do is stumble across an instrument blacksmith out in the wild. Right. He'll take care of them <laughs> one day. All right. So, um, why why Master Sword? So, uh, well, I mean, I kind of have an idea, but why don't, you, why don't you tell us in your own words why Master Sword? Well, I'll start with the name because it's. The most boring part of the story. Um, <laughs> basically, it was the least terrible thing we could come up with. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> so now we need to know some of the terrible things you came oh, up no, with. Oh, no. They were bad. They yeah. were so bad. Um, our guitarist actually passed those around a few weeks ago because a lot of the people currently in the band didn't know about them. Oh. But there were some really bad ones in there. Like Rockin' Loopy Rucksack? <laughs> Very similar, yeah. Lily's actually looking it up now. She'll be able to provide that info uh, for you. That would be great. We can have that. Um, as far as the music goes, like my original idea was to do something similar to bands like Metroid Metal, um, the Black Mages, but also incorporate more vocals and kind of um, bring my influences in with the, uh, the heavy metal element. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, I, yeah. I, I really like it when there's... Um, because video game music is... You know, most classic video game music is um, instrumental, so it's really neat when uh, arrangements of the music contain lyrics, and there's like like you, know, you write words to the to the actual songs. That's always really exciting. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's a really <laughs> difficult thing to do because most of the time when people try it, it ends up sounding really cheesy. Because if you follow like the game melodies exactly, it's mm -hmm. just they're never meant for vocals, so it just sounds weird. 
So we have to get around that somehow. Just for the record, your lyrics are awesome. Your music is awesome. I like what I hear. But I have to ask, do you ever feel as though due to the fact that you put lyrics over the songs that you're held to a higher scrutiny by fans as a result? We were just discussing this, actually. Because <laughs> um, we're already kind of starting to work on our next album, and we were discussing like lyrical content and the various themes that we might be exploring. And someone had made a comment that, well, if it sounds cool, I mean, they won't mind if it's not like totally canon, right? And I just kind of looked at them. I was like, you've never met any of our fans, have you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we definitely stray from it a little bit. I like to leave things open to interpretation so that if you're not a Zelda fan, you're not going to be just completely lost and confused when you listen to it. But at the same time, I try to rein it in a little bit and not stray too far because then the actual like diehard Zelda fans are like, what in the world is going on right now? This has nothing to do with Zelda. They're singing yeah. about the water temple and I did not mention the iron boots. I'm done. <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the thing that pops out to me, um, someone years ago like commented on our song The Mountain and they wanted to know what this had to do with Zelda at all. And Lily didn't write those lyrics, but our previous lyricist, Mary, did. And they're very vague in comparison to some of our other songs. It's like, you know, it's just like epic sounding music. It's not like it could fit in a Zelda game, but she's not going into specifics about it. I still felt like I understood what was happening, though, because I played the Zelda game that she was referencing, and I was like, oh, I can totally see that, like the winding stair, and you're getting ready to fight somebody. So I don't know. I think yeah. some people are just really picky. Right. The stairs weren't winding in the game, so like, <laughs> people got pissed. <laughs> well, it's all about interpretation, um, which is, I think, a great thing about um game cover bands and remixes and, and and it's all about your your perception of, of of the game music and the kind of spin you want to put on it and the creativity of that i think is is awesome you know um so let's let's get into some music so we are going to play zelda music today our first our first episode of zelda music which is awesome don't yeah. judge us too harshly public <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a whole bunch to choose from so uh we are going to have uh matt and lily um, choose the first song. Um, so of the first two that you uh, emailed over to me, which one would you like to hear first? Oh, let's start with the earlier one. Why not? Hyrule Castle. All right. So this is Hyrule Castle from A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo.
You're listening to Hyrule Castle from the game Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo, composed by Koji Kondo, chosen by the guests of today, Master Sword. And yeah, this is one of my favorites too. Um, what, what, drew, what drew you uh, to this track? Uh, this one, I don't like just throwing out like, this is my favorite Zelda song. Right. But if I had to pick one on the spot, this is the one I always go to. Um, it has such a strong melody and like a great driving rhythm. Like, I don't know, I, I just always love this song. And really all the music from this game is tremendous. It's one of my favorite soundtracks in the series. Yeah, mine too. It's it's really cool that like on the old hardware, they're, they're actually really successful with having it sound like an orchestra. Like the timpanis are really just driving through that whole track. Yeah. Um, but I love that second part where like the, the melody is really strong and then like it sort of changes again. It goes minor or something halfway through and it sounds kind of dark and then it goes right back into like that kind of fun like drumming. Um, it's really, yeah. really cool. I could definitely say that in addition, addition to agreeing with you on like this probably being my favorite overall OST of the entire Zelda line, I also feel that this track does so well and holds up so well because as a person coming from the game itself, it also carries on what I believe to be probably the best intro to a Zelda game that's ever been done. Even though technology has come along in ways that give you graphical power and technical abilities that rival and eclipse the Super Nintendo, you can't beat running in the rain to finding your deceased uncle and taking on the sword and shield yeah. and then breaking into a castle <laughs> and rescuing the princess and bringing her back out and then hearing the music again when you don't have to sneak in the second time. You just go through the front door say, look, I got this. It's time to get down to business. Um, it's just a overall stellar tune to accompany a fantastic experience for a game. Yeah, and this was like the first step out of like the, the Nintendo and the Game Boy no, the Nintendo going into like a new um, era, but then after this, they went 3D into like was it Majora's Mask? The, the Ocarina, and time Ocarina of Time was first, yeah. Yeah. So how did how did you guys feel about uh, the step from 16-bit to, to 3D on the N64? So, um, spoiler alert: Ocarina of Time was my first Zelda. Oh yeah. So I actually I played that first, and then I went back and played all the old 2D ones afterwards. So I, yeah, I don't know, like. For me, like, I love them both, but Ocarina of Time has a very special place in my heart. I gotta admit that that lends to an awesome perspective, though, that you started with Ocarina of Time, then went back to the older games, and then came out with how the older game's track is your favorite of the bunch. Not because it doesn't make sense, because it makes perfect sense. It's just that typically, people typically hold that first game as a fonder place, especially if you go retroactive backwards. Is to, y'all usually expect people to come back and say that the older track is their super preferred, but that is really yeah, awesome. But like Ocarina of Time's music wasn't exactly like I don't think it was a huge step above a link to the past as far as like sound quality goes. <laughs> Thank like, you uh, for saying that. Hurts <laughs> That's a thank you for saying that. Uh, fun fact about me. Um, People will talk to me in general, and I'm the guy that people tend to like hate on in a sense because I will tell. Well, it started as a joke, and it became just something I run with. But I was always like, you know, I wasn't big on Ocarina of Time, and people will go, "How can you hate Ocarina of Time?" First of all, they jump from not a big fan of to hate because that's just what <laughs> fandoms do. It's like, how can you hate Ocarina of Time? It's like, I don't hate the game. It's just when I play games, the music is a major driving force for me. 
and a lot of Ocarina of Time's music is more atmospheric. Um, it doesn't really hit you like, say, Link to the Past does. Like, I always use the Shadow Temple and the Fire Temple as prime examples because it's basically just a guy in a core going, oh, oh. It's like, this is the whole thing. This is, I came from games where the, like, Hyrule Castle is the driving tune through the entire dungeon, and then here is just sounds. It just it yeah. wasn't clicking as much for me. So well, that's a good segue. Didn't you pick a track from Ocarina of Time? I did. Yeah, the one that I really the one of the two that I really like in the game. Um, so why not go with that then? So my first track I'm going to go with is from Ocarina of Time, and that track is Hyrule Field, also composed by Koji Kondo.
Welcome back. You just jammed out to Ocarina of Time's Hyrule Field theme from the game. You guessed it. I already said it. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> and composed no. by Koji Kondo. So, yeah, I know after that entire tirade I had earlier, you'd be shocked to say, why did he pick a track, that track from that game? Well, be quite frank, the tracks from that game that I liked, I really liked. So, it's no contest that if I'm going to do an episode on Zelda, that Hyrule feel from that game has to be at the top of the list. That's where that's where uh, Koji Kondo put in the work. Mm-hmm. And for the record, the second track that I'm really big on in this that I'm going to get on an episode someday is the Forest Temple theme. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got lost in the Water Temple, complained about that, but I'm sorry. The Matt, Forest Temple was my sticking Matt point. Matt is nodding his head in, in very, very big agreement. I... I love the Forest Temple theme. I love the whole temple. Like, I had a pretty good time there. It was a fantastic time, <laughs> and I'm time. glad it was because I think the temple probably was supposed to take about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, if that, to get through. I'm pretty sure I spent three hours there because <laughs> it just I got really lost. I can't even understand why. So when people were telling was, me how much trouble the water temple was going to be, I was really dreading that. Only the show was like, this is easy. What's everyone complaining about? The forest tip was the problem, but oh my god, I love this! I love this thing so much. Um, yeah, at least you like the music, so. Oh yeah, man! Like, also, I gotta ask. This is what I was thinking about earlier. So, what would you say is your favorite track from Ocarina of Time? And if it's Hyrule Field, a second one. The Gerudo Valley theme is my favorite, hands down. Oh, that's a great theme too. I love that theme. Um, that's a really tough one. I. Honestly, the Forest Temple theme is probably really, really high up there for me. Yeah, that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I will say also, I had to hit a point in the game where I, around the Shadow Temple, where I just kind of stopped playing the game. Like, I was like, I don't want to play anymore. And I put it down for years, like, kid you not, number of years. Then came back and picked up my save file again and just kind of ran with it. And my, I, from what I recall, the next temple I ended up doing was the Spirit Temple from the Gerudo Valley area. And something about that place got me moving. Like, I shot through the game at that point. Like, I blew through the temple. I loved the fact that Jesse had to be kid and adult length through it. The music in it was really good. And it was perfect. Like, it was a fantastic jingle. Yeah, you are very motivated by music. I am. In, like, in the game, yeah. I am horrible. <laughs> it, it, it had this a double-edged sword because currently Breath of the Wild is the, current, the new sticking point. And I actually had somebody, like, jump down my throat for at a party, like, two weekends. Like, I was like, come on, I'm going to play the game this year. I made a, I made a pact with friends. I'm going to do it. But last year, when I first got the game, I put it in. I ran around for a bit. I'm like, this game is really quiet. I just, I don't see you enjoying open world games as much. It, I think it depends on the game. Because I have played a few where it works. Because a lot of times what games will do is with open worlds, they figure that they don't want the music to become draining on the player by having it play over constantly so they save it for dramatic moments or eventful moments. But yeah. some games will use the eventful moments more often than others, which will allow you to not really, quote-unquote, suffer through silence for too long. So those are the ones where I use it. Can, okay, I got this. I can keep pushing. I can keep moving. But I think the good open-world games that have it down for music actually have different atmospheric music for different areas like mm. it'll be a little bit more tribal if it's a more tribal area or things like that and that kind of stuff I really like because you know you're in a different area it sort of like pumps you up to do different quests and things but the ones that are really quiet which is one of the things I did not like about Breath of the Wild kind mm. of can seem like they're dragging on a little bit more in spots 
Can I say that these are this is a great pair of guests? <laughs> yeah. I just I just want to say that and lay it out. They just agree with you, man. That's what happens. Well, uh, she might. <laughs> Here we go. I loved Breath of the Wild, and I'll be honest. Like the music at first, I was very unsure about because it is quiet. It's subtle. It's extremely subtle in a lot of areas, but it works. And like, I really wanted to uh, give you guys a Breath of the Wild track. But it's so tonight. It's too subtle for Zelda. Like they've been so like. Anytime you for, enter a new area, you know you're there because the theme is playing, and you're like, hey. yes, right. I am in Gerudo Valley now. I, I love that. I love so that. I love that. But for this one, I don't think it would have worked. Okay. And I think they made the right choice. Like from a sound design perspective, this game is a masterpiece. It's just there's not enough of those catchy themes that we're used to. I think. Watch, they're going to have a, a Breath of the Wild director's cut, and every time you get on a horse, there's going to be a different theme that plays per type of, per breed of horse. You'll see. <laughs> when you think about it, too, I guess when you go into the different areas in Breath of the Wild, they do still have, like, the different ambient music, like, when you go into, like, the... The towns. Yeah, the, the more temperate regions, I guess. Like, you go into the colder places, the music changes very subtly, and... When you go into like the volcanic regions, the music changes very subtly. It just kind of depends, and it's very subtle, which makes it kind yeah. of hard to. Yeah, and a lot of the tell. music in uh, that game, uh, they're like callback themes. They're from the previous Zelda games. Right. Like all the memorable stuff is from previous games, and there's not much like great new stuff hmm. besides like the title theme, which I really like. Yeah, the title theme was very good. Right. My first track is going to be from a very different Zelda game. This is Zelda Two. For the Nintendo. <laughs> this is <laughs> The Adventure of Link. Um, it's kind of like... Um, is this solo out? Revenge of the Nerds, Adventure of Link. This is uh, week- Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at, Link- <laughs> weekend at, weekend at Link's. So what you're, I feel like the closest thing to that would have been Spirit Tracks, though, but that's just <laughs> me. Now, this is actually probably one of my favorite Zelda games just because I, I have so much... You know, so much. I remember remember having so much fun when I was younger playing this, even though it's certainly flawed. Um, and this is the battle theme from Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link for the Nintendo Entertainment System, composed by Akito Nakatsuka. And yeah, I love this tune. I think it's I think it's got a lot of like danger in it, you know? And I really like kind of the um, the offbeat chord, the do 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 do. It's very Final Fantasy-ish, 
you know, with the battle theme, like Final Fantasy battle theme um, But it's good with, with very limited voices. It doesn't even use a sample channel. It's just noise channel and a bunch of square waves. It sounds awesome. I think that the heavy part of what you just described earlier about how it feels like, you know, like a definitely feels like a battle theme in the sense of conflict yeah, yeah. is that intro sound that goes along with it because it's very jarring. It's like, oh, it's the one. So, yeah, this is so it's so weird. Like you play the first Zelda game and it's just overhead and you're and you're moving around maps. And this one is you're like you got like a full like RPG world map and like there's these weird like blobs and ghosts flying around the screen. And then they hit you, and then it goes side-scrolly view. And that's completely different. But this is the only side-scrolly Zelda, right? The only one. And yeah. people to this day chastise the living daylights out of it. I think it it's, makes me sad. I think it's so cool. And, and the music is, is, is really neat and unique. And not, not only is it you know the classic NES sound, but it's got kind of a weird, like, wavy quality to it. Like, it's got this really quick vibrato that makes it sound, like, almost out of tune, um, which I think is cool. But, uh, yeah, do you guys have any uh, opinions on NES Zelda? Um, I love the soundtrack to that game. Yeah. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. It's, like, it's the only, like, home console Zelda game I've never beaten. Don't feel bad about yeah. that because I think you are in a great amount of company. Like, yeah. I've beaten the game, but it took me to adulthood to go back and revisit <laughs> it wait, to wait, finally wait. beat the last temple. Uh, the Adventure of Link made, uh, uh, made you an adult. Pretty much. I would say that that would be like gamer puberty in some respects <laughs> there. I was like, oh, this is how this works. Now I feel like I can take on larger challenges because I took on a childhood difficulty uh, that's great. and made it mine. Um, but yeah, that last temple for sure. And also, this is one of the few games as a kid where I needed the Nintendo hotline. Um, that was in order to get the downward stab. Yeah, that thing was so important in that game. Oh, yeah, and I could not find it. It was a ridiculous town-based puzzle related to it that yeah. just made no sense as a child. So. Well, um, I have never finished a Zelda game. We need a remedy, then! Just letting you all know right now. This needs to be fixed! <laughs> I played I played a lot of them, um, but I've never finished They're one. They're short games. To put it in perspective... And if it's in three dimensions, I probably really have never played it. You can beat them. Put it in perspective, <laughs> I beat. I played the entirety of Link to the Past during a DJ Cutman show. <laughs> Just to show how fast I could do it. <laughs> it can be done. Just play a game. So, um, with Zelda 2, the soundtrack, I yeah. think it's probably one of the most aggressive Zelda soundtracks. Mm. Like, I definitely can tell it's not Koji Kondo. Yeah. His, he has kind of this majestic mm. composing style, but this is like, it's like heavy metal. But, it's <laughs> Like, all the songs in that game are like that. Just very aggressive. Which I like a lot. Now, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of themes from that game where I personally, like, have wanted to do them in Master Sword. I think that would be fun. Uh, so you haven't covered... I was going to say, like, this is... Yeah, it is much more rock-oriented, but you haven't covered a, a Zelda 2 track, huh? Uh, we did a bit of the Palace theme, like, for our very first song years and years ago. Um, just, like... Yeah, it was kind of tacked on at the end. It wasn't even like, uh, I, for whatever reason, like I go for the songs that are more challenging to yeah. range. I mean, this would be a pretty straightforward thing to do, but we'll see. Sometimes I look back at the uh, the Japanese composers, especially on the NES, and like when I hear, especially like on the Sunsoft stuff, you hear like Blaster Master and uh, Batman. Uh, stuff by uh, Naoki Kodaka. Like, he, he sounds like he, he, well, all he wanted to do was write a guitar riff for like six minutes. And they just cut it into songs and put it in a Batman game, you know? 
I think it's funny, based on the earlier comment that you guys made over there, I want to see you do a rock version of the town theme from this game now to go along with the, the statement of everything is very aggressive. Like, you got to do an aggressive version of the town theme. It, it has to happen. <laughs> it would be perfect. Yeah, baby. I honestly can't think of it right now, but... <laughs> Watch, you'll see, like, episode will be over, and you'll look, and I was like, oh my god, how are we going to do that? <laughs> but uh, It's like the people who want us to cover, like, uh, the Lost Woods from Ocarina of Time. Like, how would I make that sound cool? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just that everybody list, like, okay, I want to play one string here, and you guys just listen to the rest, just make come up with the rest in your mind. This is, this is an interpretive exercise. And mission accomplished. All right, so we've come around now. We're back to you guys. Uh, what's your second song? Uh, the second song is a song from Wind Waker that I chose, the uh, the ocean theme, which is one of my favorites from the game. All right. Let's have a listen.
Um, this is the ocean theme from Wind Waker for the GameCube, composed by Kenta Nagata, Hajime Wakai, Toru Minigishi, and Koji Kondo. All right, Marathon Man. Doing them all. Um, yeah, so you have four composers on this game. Koji Kondo might be listed because of like some, maybe they brought back some of the earlier themes. Uh, but yeah. th- this is one of my favorite tracks of the episode so far. Thanks for bringing this one on. Um, this is one of your favorite songs? I mean, this is basically the, the overworld theme for that game. Mm-hmm. And like all the Zelda overworld themes, it kind of has a, a very specific sound to it. And it, it it brings back like the main overworld theme from Zelda for like a, a little bit there. Yeah, it's a fun track. Very epic. I like it a lot. Um, this, so this isn't the one I remember playing. <laughs> this isn't the one you remember? I think the one I played where I was a train. You did not play Spirit Tracks. Stop it. I, just, just stop doing what, that what, to what us. What did I play? It wasn't Spirit Tracks. Let's, let's just drop it. You never re- played I, Spirit Tracks. I don't remember. No. That <laughs> door game. Like, I always, I have a fondness of Wind Waker, mainly because when the game got its announcement, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but at the time, people were looking for that super serious Zelda on the new serious hardware with great power, and then we get cartoon Hey Arnold Zelda or Link <laughs> and uh, people were kind of up in arms about it weren't too fond of the whole concept and there was even talks of like people boycotting the game until they got their real <laughs> Zelda which is kind of where yeah. Twilight Princess came from down the line but looking back on the game now I think it's probably one of the more fondly remembered Zelda titles yeah. in execution and in style yeah, it's a beautiful game. Like, it still looks great today, mm-hmm. especially, like, the HD remake. Love the game. I didn't love the Triforce hunting quest. I'll admit that part. No, no one liked that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so we've come back around. I would like to maybe hear some of your old band names, if you've got them. Oh, yes, yeah, I do. We, we got them. <laughs> I think now's a good time to, to relive the past. This is beautiful right here. Mind you, I was not in the band at this time. I take no responsibility for any of these. I would, yes. I would also like to add that I didn't come up with 99% of these, so not me either. <laughs> no one's fault. All right, what you got? So we've got Metal Tunic, 999 rupees. Oh, I love that one. Actually. Yeah, I kind of like that one. Uh, Gamma Quest. I don't know. The, the Skultulas. I don't even know what that is. Skultulas? Yeah. yeah. Sage Advice, which sounds great as like a self-help book. <laughs> but maybe not a band. Um, Megaton Hammer, which actually does sound kind yeah, of like right. a little man. Choose, an, bad. choose yeah. an item name. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Fire Drakes. Left-Handed Hero. Oh, you, you missed Iron Knuckle. Oh, I did miss Iron Knuckle. My bad. The Actually, Book of Medora. Yeah, that was another one of mine. Those two were mine. I was going to say, yeah. you got to go <laughs> Symphonic Metal for Book of Medora. <laughs> yeah. The the Dungeon Dwellers. <laughs> also one of mine. I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> and uh, the Phrygian fi- Caps. Phrygian. Phrygian Caps. Okay. Not mine. <laughs> Definitely not mine. <laughs> See, I was hoping no dual hook shots. <laughs> Next um, up, the dual hook shots. Why? I don't know. See, right at the time. Those are honestly, some of those are actually still, I admit, some pretty interesting names. Like, I like Megaton Hammer. I like 999 Rupees because it makes me think of 99 Red Balloons. Well, that's good. It made me think of 99 Problems, and then I just went on a tangent making fun of them forever coming up with that name. Right. Like, that name, 
definitely not a band name. Maybe like a silly parody song name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that would be um, 99 Problems But a Rupee Ain't One. Right? Yep. <laughs> that sounds like a Brental Floss song, right? <laughs> All right, Pernell, what's your, what's, your, what's your last track? Well, I think it's funny because the last time I picked a track, you segued, you segued it from their track. And now it's happening again are because you, this is the overall. Me, was, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping on the job. Yes. Now I'm going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. You made me say it. I kid. Um, the track I'm going with is also an overworld theme. And that also is going back to good old Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, also composed by Akito Nakatsuka. So roll that beautiful Zelda footage. Zelda footage. <laughs> underappreciated overworld theme from the game Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link composed by Akito Nakatsuka. I love that track. I love exploring that track. I love getting jumped by demons to that track. It just works on so many levels. Uh, it is a pleasant overworld track and yet for some reason it still breathes a slight tint of anxiety by virtue of how it's composed which goes well with the fact that random battles in that game are extremely frustrating to endure and to avoid. Um, I've talked, we've talked a bit about Zelda 2 from the previous selection from the game, so I wanted to use this opportunity to finally ask people, on the, everyone on the podcast, what is your favorite one to two dungeon items in the series that you can think of? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love the bow in, like, most Zelda games. I don't know. It's simple. It's not weird, complex, or just like feels unnecessary. Like it's useful. It's always useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say silly items. I like to be surprised. <laughs> so the ones I don't like. So the, everything that Matt hates, I like. And this is like a general rule that applies to most things. You like that? Not uh, just chef. That uh, the spinning thing in Twilight Princess. Oh just, yeah. Like, ride around on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Totally useful. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Rob? Going hookshot. Oh, really? Yeah, hookshot. Why not? Yeah. Okay, it's classic. Seeing some good you know, coverage here. Yeah. Throw it and pull you around. Pull items to you. I think it's cool. I will say my favorites, 
I'm going with three, I guess. The dual hook shot, because it, it's the closest you ever gotten to Zelda game and kind of feeling like Spider-Man. Those things were awesome. Um, I love the spinner. As unconventional as the thing is, when you actually get to truly put it to use, it's a blast to play with. And then, like, lastly, just uh, just a random shout-out to a lot of the Game Boy Zelda games, but the way their items tend to be, because they're always bizarre. Like, I love the magnetic glove. Yes. It was a blast to use in the, in the Game Boy Advance in that gust jar. So That's so yeah. strange. You put me right into another segue. How? Back in the game. Uh, my, my final track is from uh, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Probably, hey! probably the Zelda I've played the most. Um, this, because I've never finished it. I just... I would just turn it on <laughs> and play it for hours. I would go on these long car rides and just keep playing this game and not get anywhere. Because so I'd go on those side quests. And Looking like, for acorns. Yeah, and I'd run out of batteries. Uh, this is, I think this is one of my, this is either my top or like my my top two Zelda tracks. This is the Tao Tao Mountain Range okay. from Zelda Link's Awakening, composed by uh, Minako Hamano, Kazue Ishikawa. This is Tao Tao Mountain Range from the game Zelda Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Minako Hamano and Kazue Ishikawa. And I, I, love, the, I love the way that it, it takes the original theme and then sort of like kind of plays with it in different ways. And I, I love the kind of uh, quick driving beat. It sounds, like you're, it sounds like this is the theme to riding a horse, even though you don't ride a horse in this game. Um, probably from like the galloping beat, maybe. Right. I took it to be like a, almost like a, more of, again, like I said, like the adventure, more of a sense of like danger adventure. Yes. As you're ascending the mountain, that's the, probably the roughest area of the game as far as 
obstacles and dangers are concerned, and the music does a great job of portraying that for the player. Yeah, Danger Venture. I like that. Danger Venture. <laughs> this game has a lot to explore, um, and it, it feels a lot like um, a Link's Awakening. I'm sorry, Link to the Past. This game is Link's Awakening. <laughs> yes, it is. It feels a bit like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a tad. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's nice. It's nice. Um, I had one fun question I wanted to ask, and it sure. just kind of hit me because I keep having these things. So, I know you guys, obviously you guys are Zelda theme. This your it's your bread and butter. You love it to death. But if it came down to it, where you had to choose a different game series to make your main focus for music, what do you think it would have been? Yeah, what else is inspiring you guys? For me, I'd probably say Metroid, yeah. but. Metroid Metal already did a great job, so there's less there to explore, I think, in the metal world. And what about you, Lily? Like, what is there any other series or any other uh, music out there that that you were like, yeah, I gotta put lyrics to this? Oh, I don't know. That's that's a really hard question for me because I didn't initially join Master Sword because it was Zelda themed. I actually joined it because I knew the bass player who was guesting in the band and they said they needed a singer and that it was a power metal band. And I had never played a Zelda game before I auditioned for Master Sword. So, <laughs> giving away secrets yeah, here. Um, so that's really hard. I don't know. Most of the other games that I play are very like open world, adventure-y sort of games. So I wouldn't say that any of them really inspire me to write metal music. To them, Skyrim so. Metal. Well, that's fair. I, I, no, I, no. Skyrim Metal. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. <laughs> there's the main theme, but uh, yeah, I don't no. know. I, yeah, if I, I don't know. I feel like if personally, if I were to branch out with anything, it probably wouldn't be other video game music. Yeah, oh, no, that's fair. As so. long as, as long as you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, I really like the Zelda music, but it's probably the only game, personally, personally, (laughs) it's probably the only game universe that I really notice the music for as much. Hmm. I'm sure it's going to make me some enemies. People are going to be like, oh, that's terrible. Ah, let them, let them hate. Zelda themes more, and maybe it's because I didn't play them until I was in a band and then felt obligated to listen to the music. I don't know, but... I've always really liked the Zelda themes, and I've never really noticed them as much, except for like in The Witcher Three, where you really notice them because there's like some really operatic lady just kind of singing, crooning things in the background. Well, there you go. That was a question then. So, like, do you see yourself <laughs> potentially pulling that Witcher crooning operatic sense going there? No. <laughs> <laughs> or how about uh, uh, leaving the metal band to just do opera? No. no. Metal was where it's at for me. You're here to that. <laughs> well, I'm going to pull, I'm going to turn the volume on this track down. And we're going to go to the part of the show we like to call the bonus round. The bonus round. The bonus round's the part of our show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And we look to our guests, Master Sword, to uh, bring some of their music. So why don't you introduce your track? All right. This track is a song called Tower of Stone. It's my personal favorite from the new album we just released. And um, it's based on Stone Tower Temple from Majora's Mask.
Well, that was ridiculously good. <laughs> Thank you. It's, you know it's great when he's dancing through the entire song. <laughs> I was over here listening to it, and my brain got to thinking, because there was a period in my life when I was like, when I was really into metal music. I loved this stuff. I still technically do. It's just shoegaze came along and stole my soul. Um, <laughs> but this definitely took me back to, like, feeling like that like i basically want to go home and start just bust up on my albums and just kind of get down which honestly i'm probably going to do tonight so that's just mm. so what what was one of your uh, your favorite favorite uh, uh things of favorite parts of recording this song or of maybe even arranging this song you go first oh no you go first all right <laughs> uh, this song is i think the oldest song on the album as far as arrangements goes mm. this was a song i wanted to have on the original ep we did in 2015, but uh, we didn't have the verses at the time, so it wasn't ready. Um, so when he says this is the oldest one, what he means is the original arrangement of this song is the oldest one, but we changed it like a million times, and I'm pretty sure close. it was one of the last ones to get done because it was incredibly hard to do. But I feel like <laughs> over... 50% of the song was written beforehand. Yeah. Like the, the whole intro, uh, the choruses were basically the same. And uh, the pre-choruses and the keyboard solo, they were all original parts of the song in 2015. Uh, the only thing we really struggled on was the verses, which, you know, the, the verses are the bulk of the song. Right. Um, but we got it, and I really like how it turned out. Yeah, I could definitely say good things came to those who waited because you definitely can feel that as you listen to it. It hits. It's like a tongue of fluffy bricks. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. No, yeah, the the vocals really bring like a, like a really a whole lot of power into the, the sections. Like everything's driving and driving and driving, and then your voice comes in, and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. I have to state this because I think it'll lend some thought to like where my brain goes with this stuff so a long time ago like maybe bit gen like long seven ago. or something um i learned about a particular band at the time um called the proto men at the time i had never heard a cover band like a vg cover band of sorts that had vocals involved and when i came in i was ready to hear you know mega man music and then the proto men started singing. I was like, what Mega Man is that track from? And my friend goes, <laughs> that's not what the proto men do. They write their own music, and it's Mega Man inspired. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it did, it did not compute for me. And for a long time, my, I was not really receptive to VGM covers that had vocals involved because it just it didn't click. It just didn't make sense to me. So definitely... Your band, amongst like few others, but mostly like like bands like yours, are the ones that eventually got me to break out of that and go. You know what? I was insane. This stuff can be really, <laughs> really good. It just needs it just needs to it just needs to be done well. And you guys do a great job of it. And I've even mellowed off more to the proto mix. I'm like, you know, they're inspired by Mega Man. Their music is still good. That's what matters the most, you know. And their music is awesome. So. But at the time, I just I didn't know any better. Now the the music that we chose for the bonus round are a little more electronic. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I was surprised blunt, though we couldn't top this. So no, we're, that's we're, true. We didn't want to. I didn't want to compete. We want to do different sounds. Yeah. yeah. 
So safety and safety and walking away. Although <laughs> it's up way off left field. The impression that I get from like the, the, a lot of the video game music bands is that you know there's not a there's competition maybe, but it's like friendly. Like you all seem to really get along and, oh, yeah. and inspire each I other. Love, I, oh, yeah. I love all the other bands and Proto Men. Honestly, are another big influence of ours in yeah. just oh, yeah. how they approach music we kind of do like halfway between the proto men and have you heard of the megas oh, yeah. yeah i'm a huge fan it's like halfway between those two bands but for zelda yeah i love it i had a chance to meet the megas one time also after a bit gin went to an after hours party and hung out and my full self spent too much time falling asleep and then when i woke up and the party was over i was regretting it ever since I was like you gotta be kidding me everyone's having fun and i'm snoring on the couch <laughs> This is a dog. All right. So, Pranal, what's your bonus round track? Well, I wanted to pick a track from Twilight Princess, but I couldn't really ignore the tracks I selected. So, of course, as I tend to do, bonus round option. So, I found a track that is from a track that I like in the game regularly, but bona fide bonus. So, <laughs> let's go with the track from the um, Blizzetta's theme remix. Basically, that Frost Castle boss theme. And the composer of the remix is Sonic Wave 1000.
listen to the Blizzetta theme remix from the game Twilight Princess, Legend of Zelda, <laughs> composed by Sonic Wave 1000. Well, on one hand, it is a bit lengthy as far as like some of the repetitious parts that kick in, but as a thing that you kind of would just like listen to in the background as you're kind of enjoying, like just kind of relaxing to it or working around it, it has that driving beat to it, and it does a good job at taking that tune and taking it to a nice sort of new place, I would say. Though, one thing that I interest, I guess I'm partly why I wanted to pick is just because it lets me talk about the weapon and choice that's used in the boss fight there, which was the ball and chain, which is something that pretty much, if I ever doubted it in the past, it confirms that he's carrying around like a magic sack that lets him just kind of dump whatever he wants and pull out at will because when he actually takes the ball and chain out, he can barely walk with the thing. <laughs> like, he's just like, just dragging it, like, <clears throat> and just throws it, and then he's like slumped again, so. Oh, that's fine. It's just ridiculous, but the track is awesome, and the boss fight's pretty cool. I, I like the organs. Is, is that part of the original track, too, all that organ? No. No? Oh, interesting. So he was like, this sounds like it should be an organ. And he was right, because that <laughs> organ was bliss. <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, so I chose also from Ocarina of Time. Now, you didn't choose from Ocarina of Time. I did not. You did not. I did not choose from Ocarina of Time. Um, this is the Song of Storms, and this Ooh. is the Dion custom remix. <laughs> so I wanted something like, I wanted like a banger for like the beach time parties oh. for the show. <laughs> so I haven't played one like that in a while. So this is a Song of Storms by Dion. Let's 
All right, that was Song of Storms, uh, Dion's custom remix from Ocarina of Time. So yeah, it's definitely got that kind of summery kind of vibe with the horns and the, and the fun percussion. What do you think? I'm pretty sure that no party's getting rained out if that's being played yeah, over it. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> Are you guys into uh, in, into the, the uh, like more dance styles or, or more electronic styles too, or are you like strictly metal? I'm so, I like listening to it. Yeah, we would never do that. But if we have a party now, we may consider playing that because I felt like I was in a club and it was pretty great. Yeah, we'll play stuff like that at parties all <laughs> yeah. the time. Nice. Music. Yep. All right, so for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to um, people's uh, band camps, bios, um, SoundClouds, and everywhere else you can uh, find the music and buy the music and support the artists. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us on episode 12-3 of Rhythm and Pixels, our focus on Zelda with members of the band Master Sword. Is it Master Sword or The Master Sword? Oh, it's just Master Sword. Yeah. Okay. Just, I'm going to make a note here. <laughs> if, they were going, if they went with The, the Master Sword, the amount of pressure they'd be putting on themselves by going The Master Sword, the like Master. no other band could follow. <laughs> Now, on, on those of the videos, it was 2017 MAGFest. I think there was a, a sword that was on stage. <laughs> really? Yeah. You, pull, you came out with a sword, or the sword was like in a yep. stone. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh yeah, that was at the beginning of this year, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. that's our thing. I like, I like to wave it around and threaten people. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the Master Sword. Yes. Hopefully you guys enjoyed yourselves on the episode. It was definitely awesome having you here. Um <laughs> And also, by virtue of the fact that you were able to get us to finally get to talking about Zelda and smile and dance and just have a genuinely great time while discussing it. And you can tell our listeners, like, if you have any new projects that are out there that you want to direct them towards, or if you have any um, uh, gigs, any dates that uh, you think come out and come see you guys. So, uh, no gigs. We actually just finished up um, four gigs in the D.C. area to support our new album, Shadow and Steel, which just came out last month. Um, which you can pick up at mastersoardband.bandcamp.com. All right. Shadow and Steel. That's a cool name. That's actually a really cool name. Thank you. Thanks. I like that. We debated a while, but it's good. Yeah, it's a good one. (laughs) Is there a list somewhere with other names that we can listen to? (laughs) Oh, Oh, my. There's a list, but we can't share that one because there are a couple that we're considering for an eventual parody album, so we don't want to give anything away prematurely. Oh, nice. In that case, I'll look forward to this parody album, too. <laughs> oh, God. Is it uh, going to include wacky lyrics? Oh, yes. It'll be incredibly silly. Yes! Oh, do you guys have, like, a parody project you do on the side, or just, just for fun? No. Uh, no. <laughs> we don't project. We, we're dancing around the idea of doing one parody thing for fun at some point in time. Which or, may or may not Which happen. may or may not happen. <laughs> but right now, we're more focused on the next album and promoting this one. So. Awesome. Next time, I gotta hopefully catch you. I'm assuming that this dome, your time and the DC tour that you just wrapped up included your time at Magfest too. So it wasn't like I missed yeah. the tour per se. So 
Yeah, we had MAGFest. We had a show in Baltimore and Northern Virginia, Virginia and uh, the recent one was in D.C. And we're going to do more. It's just yeah. there's none that have been announced yet. Is, okay. is Philadelphia on the horizon as a potential location? We really want to come up there. Yeah. And there's been a few opportunities yeah. that we've been looking at. So We're probably going to be touring like sometime in the summer and fall, but... Right now, I have a theater performance coming up in the spring, so that's kind of blocked out of the calendar for right now. So we're just going to work on writing and honing a new set to come back at people with when we start touring again. Yes, that means I might hear some new tunes if you come to Philly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, if you want to get in contact with the show, go to uh, an email at rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. If you want more information about the show, a full track listing and, and downloads for every episode, go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, we are Patreon supported. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, um, you know, just a dollar if you want, not a big deal. We'll just keep doing the show anyway. It's, it's patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, all one word. And we want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. We want to thank um, Alex the Messenger, Carlos, Morton Gangso, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, and David Smith. So All da- spectacular David, gents. David, David Smith? It better be, because if you messed up the, that name, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I have to fill out his full <laughs> name in this thing from just D. Smith. So I remember from now on. But thank you all for your continued support. Um, if you also want to catch us on social media, we're on like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You'll see um, funny pictures of my cat, um, silly pictures of Purnell dancing. Um, he doesn't know that I'm taking those pictures. I, I see. Yeah, I just learned you are doing that now. I'm scared and <laughs> nervous. But that just means I got to put in the re- extra salsa. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, of course, there's also the now useful Discord chat that we've been running with, which, for the record, people have been catching me off guard on a number of random comments in that thing as of late, <laughs> because I've been using Discord far more due to the Rhythm and Pixel Discord chat than I probably ever have, and I've been on there for years. Yeah, so if you um, you want to get involved in that, uh, the link is through the website. Go ahead and check that out. Um, you'll hear us talk about you know, current projects that we're doing. Um, uh, upcoming episodes of the podcast and guests that we're going to have on the show. And that, that's a great time. So, um, yeah, everyone, just if, if you're getting involved, you're just saying hi and hello, that's that's awesome. We, we love to hear from you. Um, I've got nothing else. Do you? No, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much tapped out. All right, I want to thank... Oh, uh, one more thing. It just hit me. Okay. Though, <laughs> this is kind of early in announcing, but just for putting it out there in case it ends up trickling down, but it's looking like there will be a panel... That I'll be on in May at Anime Central it was unexpected, but it will be called Mega Man the Power Panel. Um, it should be interesting. Uh, I made a bet to determine if I was going to go out there based on if this panel went through, and somehow it did. So, oops. Oh, so Anime Central's in Chicago? Yes. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a good time. It will be. His fingers crossed. So if our listeners are in that area, come check that out. If you like anime, you like Mega Man, and I know you like Purnell, that's a good way to go. Yeah, just if that's you a don't, good way to go. Don't tell me because my feelings—they're very fragile. <laughs> what a way to go! <laughs> um, all right, so this has been the Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. I'm Pernell, and thank you guys, Master Sword, yeah. for coming on with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thank for having you. us. Um, thank you all, and have a great week and stay safe. And remember, 
Congratulations, Eagles. Thank you for winning the Super Bowl and thus getting me discount coffee and sandwiches this morning. <laughs> There's a reason for that. There's all, oh, that's hey, that's what I wanted out of the deal. I wanted bargains. Shoot. Um, but in addition to that, of course, just win or lose, whether you're it's your favorite team or you personally, be a good sport about it. Don't be a jerk. Shake hands. You know have a beer together or maybe i don't know play another round maybe get that round two re, you know rematch going but ultimately just don't be a jerk about losses and wins be humble it's worth being